Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you like talent, you're in the right place. Welcome back to another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Damian Parson, my guy, my brother, my dude, Keith Sanchez. Keith, what's going on, baby? Mic check, mic check. My mic is hot, so that means it's time to talk some football, DP. Um, I'm a little excited for this episode because we're not just talking football, right? We get to go through and uh, ESPN released their top 25 um, rankings slash predictions, right? Who they feel would be in the top 25. Um, and there was some interesting teams in there. And then, you know, you hit me up and you said, you know what? Let's let's do the segment. Let's go through and let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we're going to critique ESPN's top 25, go through the list, and we'll point out who we believe is in a good spot, in a bad spot, and in a downright ugly spot. So DP, <laughs> let's get it started, baby. Before we get started, Keith, let's give a quick shout out to Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today. Or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Now, Keith, like you kind of went ahead and, and, and threw it out there in the intro. We're talking ESPN dropped their their preseason top twenty five FPI football power index rankings, right and. We know who's at the top. Like we, we don't really have to even, you know, guess. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide. And let's go over the the top, the top four. My list of top four, just to kind of give guys, uh, the listeners, what that looks like, what, what ESPN feels may be, you know, just to start the season. Alabama's at one. You have Ohio State at two. Okay. Not, not too much. Not, not many shockers there, Keith. You got Georgia at three. You know, that's two of the teams that were in not just the SEC. They were actually in the in not just the playoffs, but also the championship game. And then four, Clemson. Ooh, okay, hold, not, hold it right there. Hold it right there. Let's get it started, right? They <laughs> were going through the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and, ugly. and I'm going to say this. I put Clemson at number four as part of my good. And and here really? we are on this. I put Clemson at number four as part of my good. I think okay. everybody's out on Clemson because they had a bad year last year. And l- listen to what we're talking about. Clemson won 10 games, and we're saying that they had a bad year, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I think DJ, you, the quarterback, he uh, he gets everything together, right? Like he, he he's going to get it together this past this offseason. Um, he's going to make strides. They're going to figure out that offense. Um, they have a, a really good running back in the backfield. I think this offensive line to play um, good enough, right? Like I, I don't think Clemson has ever had a dominant offensive line, but I think they'll be good enough. Um, then on the defensive side of the ball, um, man, they have they have two standout defensive linemen in Miles Murphy and Brown. Um, Brian Brissy, then they have Trent Simpson as a linebacker, right? Just really flow and cover everything. So I, I think they're going to be loaded on the defensive side of the ball. And then the third thing is this: 
they're in the ACC, right? Like, so it's, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the ACC is the Big 12 yet, but it's not competition top to bottom. They just have to make sure that they don't get upset by, um, you know, those middle of the uh, pack schools like your, your North Carolinas and, you know, schools like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm buying in on Clemson at the four seed, making the playoffs, winning the ACC, um, and, and, and DJU turning things around. So they are part of my good part of the, uh, this list. You know, and that, that that shocked me, Key. I wasn't expecting that. You kind of threw me a curve, and I, but I like it though. I like you build a great case for Clemson because, like you said, that defense is loaded from top to bottom, and they got players that are NFL caliber players on every level of the defense, right? So the defense is definitely going to be the driving force for this team. They got a just an outstanding. So, sophomore running back and and Will Shipley, who was a freshman last year, and he was really he was their honestly he was their best offensive player uh, yeah. last year as a true freshman. He just he just stepped on with the babyface assassin look on the campus, and he yeah. was the best player on offense. Uh, and and me and you both part of the DJU club, man. So I'm hoping that they, especially hearing you know Dabble talk about how the team wasn't uh, they didn't compliment him well in terms of the talent and the scheme and everything. They got a new offensive coordinator with Tony Elliott going over to Virginia. So you know what? You build a, you build a strong case, brother. Now for my good, I, w- I want to go a little bit further down the list because okay. I, I mean, you know, you look at Bama, Georgia, you know, Ohio State, those are, man, we know about them. We know, but we, we knew they would be in the top four, right? We kind of, we kind of knew that, but I want to drop down and I want to drop down to number six. And I want to go to Michigan. Michigan. And I feel it's, like Michigan's in a good – good. It's part of yeah, your good. Yeah, it's part of my good because I feel like they're in a good space. This is a team that they, they lost both their top edge rushers going to the league, right? You know, they lost their starting safety, nickel, like hybrid defender and Dax Hill. And they're replacing some guys defensively. So that's going to be a little bit of adjustment for them, you know, looking until we see the games are played and who takes that step to fill those roles. But offensively, Keith, man, this is a this is a high powered offense, man. I'm talking three, four receivers. They got two dynamic backs in the backfield, two really solid tight ends. Offensive line is good. Why I feel like they're in a good spot is because right now we have no idea what J- Jim Harbaugh, whichever Harbaugh it is, I can't, I always get those two confused, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Jim. We don't know what in the world Jim's doing at quarterback. And, 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 and Michigan's in my region. Cade McNamara is your, your standard just safe quarterback, Keith. Like he's going to get the quick dump off. He's going to keep the offense on a solid schedule. But when guys are streaming wide open downfield on 40-yard post routes, he's not hitting it. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? He's not taking the, the – the, he's not making the plays that put them over the top of the best teams in the country, right? Because I feel like offensively they got the firepower and supporting cast to go toe-to-toe with Bama and Georgia from, from a skill set perspective. Mm. But when you yeah, got a quarterback – old statement right there. Listen, man, I'm, I'm all statement. in on the Wolverines offense, baby. <laughs> they, I'm telling you, like, I, they got some dudes and they got speed, they got size, they got versatility. And like I said, they got two-headed monster in the backfield that can run routes and just do so many different things and cause havoc. But you got – and I know J.J. McCarthy is coming off an injury this offseason, so he's getting back into shape and getting back into rhythm – 
But man, there, you cannot go deep into this season with Cade at your quarterback and say we got not just playoff aspirations because you got there last year and you got rent, you got railroaded, you got rammed, you got a, whatever description you want to throw out there. You were manhandled by Georgia, right? You gotta, you gotta play JJ. JJ's a dual threat kid with a big arm that can really unlock this offense. So I think six is a good spot for him. I was hoping not to see them in top four because I don't want to see them. In the playoffs again, Keith, if Cade's at quarterback. Yeah, so I, I man, that's that's tough. That's tough what you said. And and because Michigan scares me. Um, as as a football program, we have to ask ourselves, um, you know, was last year like a magical year, right? Was that just the way everything went right? Like you upset Ohio State, you know, you had Aiden Hutchison, who was a legacy football player, you get David Ajabo, who hasn't played football that long, leads them that leads the country in sacks. You know, you have Daxton Hill. You got a tandem at running back. So they actually scared me. And this was part of why I thought that Harbaugh, I won't say if it's Jim or John because I'm like, you might be confused. <laughs> um, I'll just say Harbaugh. I thought that he should have took the job with the Vikings, right? Because I'm like, I don't know if you'll be able to repeat what you did last year. Um, and then, I mean, you can say recency bias, right? Like the last time I seen Michigan, they were, um, they were getting – Beat pretty bad by Georgia, right? So <laughs> it, it made me think, like, if, if y'all even deserve to be on this pedestal. So obviously they have to go through Ohio State, I believe Penn State, and a couple other Michigan State. Um, and I will be interested to see if the new standard that they set last year is the standard or was that just a blip on a radar? Because traditionally the past 10, 15 years, Michigan has been a, a three, four loss team, right? So I think that's the biggest thing. And I'm surprised that you picked them as part of your good, but I know they're they're in your uh, region, so you watch these guys all the time. Um, you know, talented roster, but I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they can go toe to toe with Ohio State and, and Penn State again. No, and, and that's a great point. Like you said, they're typically a three four lost team, and and a lot of that still that they, they, the main issue, like you always say, the keep the main thing, the main thing. Yep. The main issue has continuous continuously been the quarterback position. You know, Harbaugh has struggled to find that quarterback. And I'm like, I'm looking at the roster and I'm like, listen, I've watched the tape. Harb, you've watched the tape. There's no way. There's no way you're saying, you know what? And then you come out, you know, at the media day and you said, you know, it's going to be hard to 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 not cade off of the off the pedestal at the top of the depth chart. And that lets me know that, you know, you're not serious about being a national championship contender. So that's why I'm like, as long as I looked at it, I was like, OK, they're not in the top four. I'm good with that. That's I'm, I'm fine with that, because if Cade's still at quarterback, I just do not feel comfortable, Keith. But let's switch to the bad man. And I, Keith, I, I want to hear what you what you think about this from me. Oklahoma at eight, man. Okay, now Oklahoma. you got to what, – what is your argument? Is your argument that it's bad that they're at number eight and yes, you think they should be lower or you think they should I be I think higher? they should be lower, man. Okay, I, and, and, talk to me. I, and I don't mean – you know, I mean no harm. I, I love Brent Venables. You know, he's going to be a first-time coach over there and he's going to bring that, that – his wild blitz packages and his pressure packages that have been notorious at Clemson. But this is a team that saw a lot of talent leave, Keith at the receiver position, the quarterback, the head coach, you know, a lot of recruits. It was a lot of stuff that happened, all in part due to the departure of Lincoln Riley going to USC. And I, I look at it from the aspect of 
You got Dylan. You know, you lost. Not not only did you lose one, I just forgot about. I forgot, almost forgot. You lost two quarterbacks. You lost Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. You're yeah. bringing in a, a transfer in Dylan Gabriel, who's coming from UCF, playing in that's the is that conference US. I don't remember that conference for you UCF for Central Florida, but he's coming from a lesser conference in terms of talent, right? So now he's going into the Big Twelve where. Granted, the Big 12, defensively, they're not world beaters, but he's going to see a lot of 3-3-5s that's built to stop that spread offense. And I think it's going to be a little bit of an uphill climb in a way, right? So, and you lost your leading rusher last year, and and Kenny, I forget his last name, but he went to the league. Like, their power between the the tackles running, you got Eric Gray, but he's more of a complimentary back. Yeah. More of a, you know, more of a specialist. He can catch the ball in the backfield, be shifty, you know, be like that Naheem Hines, if you think about the Colts type of guy, um, mm-hmm. just helping your team in those third down situations. And I'm just like, man, that's a lot. That, that's a lot to to go through. And while I think that the offense will find themselves and you keep Marvin Mims, which is great because that's a veteran receiver for your program, but you've lost a lot. And I think for me, offensively, I think they could take a step back and defensively, we got to see how they, how how the players take to this to this scheme that Venables is going to be running com- compared to what they were running before. So I think it's just a lot of change, uh, a, a lot of growth that needs to happen for Oklahoma to be a top ten team in all of college football. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you hundred percent on that. I didn't pick them for that, but the issues that. Um, you know, that are present. I agree with you 100%. You have Brent Venables, who's a defensive-minded coach, um, but that roster isn't built on defensive pillars, right? Like, he comes from Clemson, where he has a, a bevy of defensive linemen. It's not the same thing at Oklahoma. So, while he may make the defense a little bit better, man, you you can't out-coach, um, you know, the talent that's not there, right? Like, you can't out-coach talent deficiencies. I'm sorry. Um, I've seen it tried to be done it can't be done um so you know defense may they may go from 110 in the country to 75th in the country right but how many games that going going to win you and then like you said Lincoln Riley is not there you lost your quarterbacks so what if the offense gets a little bit worse right like you so mm-hmm. I think putting them that high I think that's just a that's looking at the program historically and saying that I think that they'll finish up there but um I disagree with that, and I agree with you on that. So for my bet, mm-hmm. I picked Ole Miss at number 17. And when I say bad, I'm calling out ESPN for this. I think it's bad that they put Ole Miss at number 17. I think Ole Miss, what they did in the offseason as far as going to get a quarterback, and I believe Jackson Dart um, signing running backs, Ulysses Bentley, um, Zach Evans, you know, and and what it showed to me is that they're going to attempt to be a little bit more balanced, right? And they don't have to be a lot more balanced. Like they finished number eleven last year, so this was a team that won a lot of games, um, with with little to no running game. But you implement a running game, you implement two experienced, highly talented running backs who are who are more complete backs than what they've had in the past. I think that you get a recipe for a better, more efficient, more dangerous. Um, offense and then defensively look they they drop in zone coverage they keep everything in front of them but they have a couple you know guys out there like a Otis Reese um, you know to make a couple plays and the, their defense wasn't god awful last year um, and like I said they, they were able to finish 
um, number 11. So putting them number 17, I, I think that's a that's a huge, um, you know, in a sense, drop off, right? Because that, that's saying you're going to lose three, four games, which I understand is possible, but I don't think it's likely for Ole Miss because I think they have a, a, a pretty good team. So the bad for me was Ole Miss sitting at number 17. I think that they are actually – finish higher than that because while they're reloading i think the talent that they reloaded with is some pretty good talent and and, and i'm gonna say this i believe in lane man i believe in the lane train though like that's let's go i just i believe in the lane train everywhere he goes he puts together a great offense whether it's, it's talented players or not talented players he, he he makes it work right the guy's an offensive wizard if he don't know anything else he knows how to create offensive plays and and put up fifty points on the scoreboard. So I'm I'm buying all in on the lane train, the old Miss Rebels. They're definitely gonna finish higher than number seventeen. Keith, let me tell you something, man. <clears throat> when I saw Ole Miss at seventeen, I immediately, I nearly clicked off the entire list. Like I nearly <laughs> said, screw it. Like it is so disrespectful to me, man. Because I'm like everything you just said is so true. And this is a team. Like I said, Lane himself. We've seen Lane with some not so great weapons. And still produce offensively, and for me, looking at Jackson Darton as a as that transfer quarterback coming in, big arm, mobile kid. You got a legit duo in the backfield. You know, I gotta show love to the running backs, baby. Yep. You got a legit duo with Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley, who's trans both transfers. And then not only did you get Jackson Dart, you got his tight end, Michael Trigg, transferred over yeah. from USC, a big body, a big body young man that has a lot of potential, and. I looked at this list and I, I'm not gonna lie, Keith. I was looking at some of the teams in front of me and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I was like, "No, <laughs> Ole Miss at 17? Like, no, man, come on." But I 100% agree with you. That is bad. It's disrespectful, and I'm all in on the lane train at Ole Miss, causing. I think they're gonna shake the SEC up a little bit, Keith. And I think some some, some teams that on you know some of the more high profile teams definitely need to watch out for how this season uh, progresses. But let's kick it down to the ugly Keith and and let me go back to the team I had because I, I was a little shocked when I saw it I was like man like here and that's to me I mean 22 the Baylor Bears man what are we doing that's ugly that's disrespectful Keith okay. and don't get me wrong I, I wasn't I, expecting that go ahead roll with it let I, me I, I know that I know that they lost their two backs and they lost, you know, some receivers, but Keith and they lost their, they, you know, they lost their quarterback. He transferred out. They have a new quarterback, Blake Shapin, who only had five touchdowns last season. Uh, he completed 72% of his passes, but, and, and, but the thing about it is the cohesiveness on the offensive line is going to be able to help the run game get to where it needs to go. But this is a team that Dave Aranda is coaching them, right? Like, right defensively they're going to be one of the best teams if not the best defensive team in the big 12 so it's like you're going to be able to take and they're great at taking the ball away they're disciplined they're physical they're gonna be able to stop good against the run and, and, and reset the line of scrimmage and i'm just sitting there looking I'm like man I, I get it quarterback is extremely important and you're starting a new kid right i, I get that keith don't get me wrong he's a red shirt sophomore i understand it but when you have 
a senior at left tackle, a senior at left guard, a graduate mm-hmm. senior at, at at center, a graduate senior at right guard, and a redshirt senior at at right tackle. That's experience. a lot of experience yep. that's going to help this young man keep him comfortable, keep him level headed. You know what I'm saying? And that and that's your most important group on the offensive side of the ball is the is the offensive line. So I think the offensive line is going to do a great job. The quarterback will be able to make make enough plays and grow throughout the season. They're going to find a way to run the football. And they're gonna they have some guys at receiver that'll be able to make plays as well as a redshirt senior at tight end. They got a junior at running back. This defense is is really good, Keith. So it's like for me to see them almost closer to 25, I'm like, whoa, ESPN. Like, what do we that's that's a little disrespectful. Yeah, that's that's that at that position, right? That's putting them out of the running for the Big 12 championship because what ahead of them you have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Texas. Texas and it may be one other school so I yeah that's 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 tough you know just to see them there um I I would have to disagree with that too all right so I'm gonna go with my ugly pick I know a lot of people be mad at me I'm about to get <laughs> oh, some God. text messages oh I know where this is going but I gotta say <laughs> LSU at number 10 this is a team that went unranked last year what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, what has LSU done to make you feel like they can go from unranked to a top 10 team? That's almost a, like you're basically you're saying they're one win away, right? One upset went away from making the playoffs. That's essentially what you're saying. Like, because it's, it's front loaded with SEC teams, right? So it's probably Alabama, Texas A&M in front of them, right? And they're sitting at number 10 as far as the SEC was. So basically, if they beat Alabama or Texas A&M, this is a team that can. Whoa, no, Keith. Texas A&M is at twelve. They're behind LSU. Wow. Yeah. That that is crazy. So it's it's Alabama, then LSU as far as in the SEC West, right? On on the the top ten. And so yeah, so A&M is is behind them. Um, I have to disagree. Like what we've seen, and, and maybe this is program. Uh, you know, prominence and prestige, right? Just over the years, it's like you know what, we'll buy in that they're going to figure out. But this was not just one year. This was two years, right? Like this was 2020 was not was five and five. 2021 was not that good. And like I said, man, you can't outcoach talent deficiencies. So I get it. There's a lot of hype around Brian Kelly, um, you know, transferring from from Notre Dame to LSU. I I don't see him just fixing LSU in a matter of six to seven months, right? Like what was wrong needs time to be fixed. Like you're you're in the midst of I wouldn't consider it a rebuild, but you're in the midst of we got to get some things together, right? And and it's not just a one year thing. Then you you watch how they con- constructed this current roster. They've attacked the transfer portal, right? Um, you know, getting cornerbacks like Seven Banks. They went after uh, Joe Fouché. Um, they went after Greg Brooks. They went after I think an offensive lineman from um, I believe Oklahoma State and a defensive back from Oklahoma State, right? But you have to ask yourself: the LSU standard is that those players are Greedy Williams. That's Tredavious White. That's, um, you know, offensive linemen. They just lost second, you know, second round to Ed Ingram. I don't think you're getting those guys out of the transfer portal, right? Um, and you're talking about at key positions. Like, 
the defensive line, we have to see what's going on there. The quarterback position, like you literally had a quarterback transfer in there, which it left question marks to what are we doing with Miles Brennan, right? Miles Brennan hopped in the portal. He hopped back out of the portal. It's a quarterback competition. Um, it didn't look that good in the spring. So you you don't even have answers as far as at that position. And so just to have him at top 10, like you're a top 10 team, meaning that they would be in the upper echelon of college football teams. I thought that that was – Crazy. And like, and I, I mentioned Ole Miss, right? Like Ole Miss is, is going to come back loaded. Um, Texas A&M, they're a quarterback away from being a dangerous team. Um, you you have to play Mississippi State, the air raid, but it's, it's given LSU problems the past couple of years that Mike Leach was there. Um, Alabama, obviously we know what's going on with that. Arkansas with Sam Pittman. That's trouble, right? Like, so you, you give in Florida State, and I know Florida State is not a good program, but I mean, it's, it's still a football game, right, against in, – in Florida State has a couple athletes. So, man, you have five to six to seven toss-up games on this schedule. And then you say, you know what, LSU, you're going to be the finish, the number 10 team in the nation. Uh, I thought that this was extremely bold. Um, I would be surprised if it happens. And we'll have a podcast where I'll probably have to walk it all back, but I don't foresee <laughs> As a matter of fact, I might double down on it and say, I told you so, right? Um, but this was this was the ugly. I just don't foresee it. If they'd have put them at 23, I'd have been like, it's possible. So at number 10, I'm, I'm number 11. I'm, I have no words for that. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Keith. When I when I scrolled through the top ten and I saw LSU, my eyes, I, I got, I got, almost got cockeyed a little bit. I was like, wait a second, like, whoa, am I reading that right? LSU at ten, and like you said, man, everything you said, like, I think they won what six games last year. It was just, yes, it, it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird flex for ESPN to be like they are going to be in the top ten over a. Heck, I would even say a, a, a team like Auburn who has a lot of talent, especially defensively. I forgot about Auburn, right? Like Auburn's at, I think, 11 or, or something like 12, one of the two. Like, they're right in front of – Auburn's at 11. I think Texas A&M is at 12. So, it's like you got LSU telling me LSU with the uncertainty at quarterback who went from being unranked and won seven games, it was three and five in the SEC, that this team is going to be better than Auburn and Texas A&M? Uh, yeah, no, I don't see that. I, I just don't see it at all. And, you know, I, I don't have those specific connections. So I can say that because I'm not going to get no text messages. You <laughs> most likely will get those text messages. But, but Keith, I want to throw one more out here that I personally messed up because this should have been ugly to me, Keith. And let's scroll down real quick to number five. And that's the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I know they finished number eight last year. They were 11-2. ESPN has their playoff percentage at 18.8. But Keith, Jack Cohn's not there. Uh, Kyron Williams' not there. Kyle Hamilton's not there. Like, it's some guys that's not there no more, Keith. And it's like I'm looking at the situation. They, they're, they're, their projected starting quarterback is 6'1", 215, dual-threat kid, Tyler uh, uh, Buchner. And he, I mean, he didn't play a ton. Like he had, he, his total yards of the season was 634 yards. And he completed 20, you know, 60% of his passes. But Keith, I, I, this is a young man who hasn't played a lot. They got a new running back in Chris Tyree, who does have a lot of hype for good reason. He, he, he's a, he was a good prospect coming out, a good recruit. You got some youth at receiver. 
the, the offensive lines mixed with youth and and some veterans. Michael Michael Meyer, who is you know one of our favorites over here at, at TDN in terms of this draft cycle, but at number five, like I, I they got a new head coach who I Marcus Free. I'm rocking with Freeman. I'm rocking with him, but. This is a tra- to me. This is a transition year, right? Like, I w- okay, I would like to ask you, and not that I disagree with you, right? But just to kind of yeah. uh, put it in perspective, because it's one thing to say like a team is not good, and to say yeah. it's overrated, right? And what you're saying yep. right now is that it's just simply overrated. So I overrated. would like to ask you, where do you think they fall? Like, what what position would you do you think is appropriate for them? I I, I would I I could see them, you know, without question. I can see them being in the top 15 at worst, right? And I can see them being right outside of the top 10. Um, it's just, a, for me, it's a, I can see them in that 12 to 14 range. Okay. And I, I think it's just a lot of uncertainty. You don't know what you're really going to get a full season out of the quarterback. And, like, again, a new head coach and just a, it's some some pieces. Brandon Joseph's coming over from, from Northwestern, but he had a down season last year. He wasn't the same guy that we saw, the dynamic playmaker, in 2020 that all of us were like, man, like, this dude's a ball hawk. He's, he was not the same guy. So it's like, can Marcus Freeman coach get him back to that 2020 season, that 2020 um, type of talent and production and performance? We That's left to be determined, Keith. And for me, I just see other teams that being better. I see, I think Texas is better with, 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 with Quinn Ewers and Worthy and Ajayi Hall. And of course, you know, Mr. Lamborghini, B. John Robinson, and, you know, it, you, know, you know, all these different things. And, you know, Jaleel Billingsley, again, Ole Miss. I can see Auburn being better. Um, you know, but Auburn's in the, it's, they're in a tough conference, of course. And, uh, you know, Texas A&M, I think they're a better team. So it's like to have them at five and give them almost a 20% chance to make the playoffs, ESPN, what are we doing a little bit? I'm just, hey, that was just kind of ugly to me. I saw it. I, I was scrolling back through. I said, how did I miss this? I, I, I went to the upper 20s and I was like, I should have stopped right here at five. Like that was, that was egregious to me. Yeah, no, nah, it's definitely, man. They, they, ESPN has some, uh, you know, they have some rather interesting picks that make make you wonder if they, you know, did more projecting the helmet, yeah, you know, than than the actual team and the, the roster construction, man. But a lot of potential. That, that was yeah, that that was fun, man. That was our first time going through uh, those segments. I'm excited because college football is you know kicking off, so we're able to do this even more, and we're going to have um, even more segments, right? There'll be more mm-hmm. things once the college football season kicks off. So that was fun. I felt like we was able to kind of plant our flag in the ground on some of our predictions, uh, which would be coming later. Uh, but I'm I, 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 I'm excited about everything. Yes, yeah, so I'm excited too, man. As always, guys, <clears throat> that is our show. Uh, we thank you for all the love and support. Continue to leave us their five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcasting networks. Um, and of course, you know, Give a shout out to our guys at Bet Online. Go make you some money. Football is here. You know, preseason football, college football is a couple weeks away. What is week zero before we get into the big, the the, the the true meat and potatoes of of for week one? Well, week zero is still football. So just get prepared for it, ladies and gentlemen. Football is in the air. Man, I'm your co-host, Damian Parson. It's been another episode of the Talent Factor Podcast with my guy, Keith Sanchez. Keith, what's the slogan, baby? Remember, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.